Secular songs and Christmas carols have one thing in common. They are obsessed with love. Love, love, love. Most secular songs are about love. I love you, you love them. I wish he loved me. I don't love him anymore. And Christmas carols are all about love too. Angels keep their watch of wondering love. We raise our hearts in love. And Jesus makes the nations prove the wonders of his love. It just goes to show that English can use one word to mean very different things. The pop songs are about loving people because they're lovable. And if they stop being lovable, then we sing a song about how we don't love them anymore. Next. But the carols are about a different kind of love altogether. Love divine. According to the carols, according to the Christmas story and the Christian message, we are loved unconditionally. God doesn't love us because we're smart or funny or good looking or great dancers. God doesn't divide up God's creation that way. Well, maybe God takes note of the great dancers or even has a particular affection for some creatures like the octopus because it's so clever or the lemur because it's so cuddly. God loves us the way Mary loved her baby. She didn't even know him yet and she loved him absolutely. You might suspect or believe that there is no creator, no force that loves us like that that the universe is indifferent, neither loving nor hating us, and that people invented God to fill some kind of need. If so, let's ask ourselves for a moment what need that would be. Why did people invent a God who loves them unconditionally? Because we need to be loved that way. We crave it, we long for it. We want to know that we are loved, not for what we do, or what we know, or what we say, or who we are, or what we are, but simply to be loved because we are. In a world where we are constantly judged and rated and either approved or disapproved of, welcomed or shunned. We long for someone to hold us the way Joseph held Jesus in the poem Dan Schatz wrote that Stephen just read for us with such feeling. The cry of Joseph's heart is perfect love for this baby. We crave to be seen with and spoken to and held in the eyes and with the words and arms of unconditional love. And so when people speak of God at Christmas, they speak of being loved that way. It has been a lonely and frightening year. Just when we most need to crawl into loving arms, 
we have to keep our distance. Just when we need to be unified, we feel so alienated from our neighbors. They're scary and angry and foolish and destructive. They vote for terrible candidates, or they try to cheat in the election, or they refuse to wear masks. In other words, they are very hard to love, and they don't seem to love us much either. In other words, Christmas could not have come at a better time. People have imagined a lot of things about gods over the millennia, a lot of different things. The great contribution that Christianity made to the imaginings about God was to say that God loves us the way we love a newborn baby. Babies are so cute and vulnerable. They never do anything to hurt anyone, and they don't have a mean thought. Or if they do, we don't know about it because they can't talk. They just gurgle and look up at us with big, trusting eyes. And here's the clever thing. In this Christmas story, God also comes to us as a baby. God gives us a chance not only to be loved unconditionally, but to love unconditionally. Because I think that's something we want also. Just as we long to be loved without conditions or judgment, we long to be more loving. Oh, we don't always think, I sure wish I loved that annoying guy in my office, or I really want to love that horrible politician, but we wish they were more lovable. Which is to say, we, wished, we wish we lived in the world of carols instead of pop songs. Because in pop songs, some people get love and some people don't. But in carols, there's peace and goodwill to everyone. And maybe that's why we tell this story, too. We look around and we don't see much evidence that the universe is being run by someone who loves humanity. And so we know, if there is going to be divine love, unconditional love, we need to practice it ourselves. As Alex Capitan said a few months ago when he spoke to us about practicing radical welcome, we all long to be able to bring our whole selves to our community and not be judged or excluded. We all long to be greeted by others the way a newborn baby is greeted, with joy and love, for them to celebrate us, not check our resume or the style of clothes we wear or the kind of job we have or the opinions we hold or the pronouns we use. And I think Alex was right in saying that this kind of welcome is a spiritual practice because ultimately what it means is raising our hearts in love, showing the world the wonders of our love showering that divine love, that unconditional love, on a world that needs it so much.
Now, it's important to note, and I know Alex and I agree on this, that loving everyone and welcoming everyone doesn't mean loving and welcoming all sorts of behavior. If your sibling whom you love is cruel to you, it's not only okay to say, you can't treat me that way, but it's really important to. You can love your neighbor and still say, you have to wear a mask or leave. So how do we still love them? That's the hard part, isn't it? It might help to start with the realization that divine love isn't a feeling. Secular song love is about how we feel, but carol love is about what we do even when we don't feel love or like or respect or affection for someone. So I think we might begin with actions. Maybe we could feed people even if they're lazy. Maybe we could shelter people even if they make bad decisions over and over. Maybe we could extend compassion to prisoners without even asking what they did to end up in prison. It is not a coincidence that the baby in the Christmas story grew up to be someone who would tell us to do exactly that. And he did it himself, extending his care to those who not only um, were not very loving or lovable, but who were actually his enemies. In these years, when there has been so much hatred and anger and exclusion, something made the rounds among Unitarian Universalists that was a reminder of what love your neighbor means. It said, love your neighbor, your Muslim neighbor, your LGBT neighbor, your immigrant neighbor, your addict neighbor, your homeless neighbor. You get the idea. But I noticed that if the list were expanded, it got a lot of flack, even from Unitarian Universalists. What if we said, love your neighbor, your Trump voting neighbor, your homophobic neighbor, your racist neighbor? You know, it's not supposed to be a list of the people whom those people over there are supposed to love. It's supposed to be a list of whom I'm supposed to love. And so the list has to have the people on it I find hardest to love. As a shorter version of the love your neighbor meme says, love your neighbor, no exceptions. All of a sudden, we are in the realm of divine love. And the things we have to do are listen to people even if they're racist. Give them health care even if they voted to get rid of public health care. Welcome them to your religious community even if they question some of your most cherished beliefs. You get the idea. 
The secular love songs make it clear that it's hard to find true love. But true love is a snap compared to unconditional love. That seems to be something only God could do. That's why we tell the Christmas story. It's as if the God we may or may not believe in said, okay, you don't know how to love people this way. I understand that. But there's one time I see you pouring out unconditional love, my kind of love, love without judgment, with your whole hearts to someone, not because of who they are, but just because they are, the way I, God, love you. And that's when you see a baby. So, Jesus came into the human story as a baby. So cute, so lovable, so helpless. Ever since people have created religion, they've tried to make this divine love conditional. God doesn't love us as if we're tiny babies, they have said. God is a judge. God punishes and rewards. God decides who is worthy and who isn't. And if God doesn't even love us unconditionally, then we sure don't have to love each other that way. But some people insisted that God loves everyone without judgment or conditions, and among them were universalists. That's us. We believe that everyone needs and deserves to be loved. We look to teachers like Jesus to remind us that we too can love our neighbors. And tomorrow when we celebrate Jesus's birth, we pledge once again to try to look upon everyone the way we look upon babies. We commit ourselves to do what we can to make love divine come to earth and to every single person. No exceptions.